More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Welcome back in. Hour number three, Tuesday edition of the program. I'm Clay Travis. He is Buck Sexton. We are the Clay and Buck Show. You can follow us on Twitter at Clay and Buck. You can stream the show, by the way, all the time at ClayandBuck.com. You can download the podcast. You search out my name, Clay. You search out Buck's name, iTunes, Google, Spotify. I don't even know all the different places where this show is distributed now. I just know that we are everywhere, and we hope that you are going to be able to find us there. We're about to be joined by the senator, one of the senators from Kentucky, Rand Paul, who has been going head-to-head with Dr. Anthony Fauci for several months now over a variety of different issues at play uh, as it pertains to the uh, origin, uh, original, where COVID came from, effectively, and uh, I believe we have Senator Rand Paul with us now. Senator, thanks for making the time. Question right off the top for you. Do you believe yourself that Dr. Fauci has lied to uh, the American public in his testimony? And if so, why would he be lying? Well, I think the question is one of self-interest. You know, is there a question, is there a self-interest by Dr. Fauci to not have any evidence point towards the lab, to not point towards him funding dangerous research in the lab? So, of course, I think he's conflicted. And so, yes, I think that he's obfuscating, lying, distorting, doing whatever he can to deflect blame. And uh, Senator Paul, it's Buck here. I I just wanted to know, um, what proof do we have right now? When people say about... The funding of gain of research. There was a six hundred dollar, uh, sorry, six hundred thousand dollar grant that went through an intermediary from the NIH, and then that intermediary gave that grant to. I mean, just for everyone listening, what, what are the 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 hard and fast facts right now? If somebody wants to make the claim that there was at least some degree of funding for gain of function research. Well, without question, the NIH funded the research. When you look at the papers by Dr. Shi. Uh, from the Wuhan Institute, the woman they call the bat scientist, when she publishes her papers, they have to list in the funding source, and they list a 10-digit 
NIH number listing the exact grant and where the money came from. So it's without question the NIH funded this. I think what now is going on is that Fauci is trying to obscure the fact that this was gain-of-function research. But if you look at NIH's statement, gain-of-function research as taking an animal virus that typically only infects animals, changing it genetically to a virus that can infect humans, that's gain-of-function That's gain of function research. In fact, they simply say in their NIH definition, not just humans, but mammals in general. So the paper that we presented to him yesterday, which nobody in the left-wing media has bothered to even look at, is a 2017 paper done entirely in one. She admits the funding from NIH, Dr. Xi, but in this, she takes two viruses she found in a bat cave. She takes the genes that attach to the S protein of those viruses, and she recombines them with another virus called SARS. SARS was a coronavirus from the 2004 era that uh, caused 15% mortality. So she combines new bat viruses she found with an old backbone of a SARS virus, and then she infected human cells. So to me, this is the very definition. In fact, we quoted a professor from Rutgers with a 30-year tenured history who says that what this scientist was doing was the epitome of gain of function. So Fauci stands up and says, oh, all my experts say it's not. Well, they're all self-interested. He funds them all. You can't get anybody over there who's not petrified that Fauci will take their funding from them. So he's not an objective source because if any blame attaches to Wuhan, he's associated with that. So he needs to be excluded from any investigation. So does Days Act. So does anybody that was involved with funding Wuhan. Because if we finally conclude that this came from the Wuhan lab, guess what? The people who fund are explaining to do. Doctor, uh, I think it's important to, to reference the fact that you are a doctor as well, as well. We've been thanking you a lot on this show for asking the questions that you are of Dr. Fauci because so few people will actually ask them. What should happen if we did, as I believe that you have laid out the case very strongly, if we did use American taxpayer dollars to help fund gain-of-function research, and if this COVID virus did escape from a lab, what next? And, and I'm assuming, by the way, that you do believe that the, the evidence would show that this virus came out of a lab, not that it was in some way naturally occurring, as you just laid out. That's not a very reasonable hypothesis at this point in time. The first thing you stop doing is funding this research. So I introduced an amendment about three weeks ago that actually passed in the Senate and we're hoping will become law to have no more funding of the Wuhan Institute. So that's the first thing you do. But in addition, we should look at the funding of some of this research in our country. We do this in North Carolina and Galveston primarily. Do we really want to take a virus that has 15% mortality and recombine it with another virus that is more transmissible in humans? and create these super viruses. I think it's a huge mistake. And we need to have a, you know, this needs to be a full-blown committee hearing. I've requested of Patty Murray, the senator from Washington, to have a full-blown bipartisan hearing, bring the scientists in. Many of the scientists who are supporting me on gain-of-function, they're not Republicans. They're, most of the university professors in our country are Democrats. But there's a huge number of them that have been arguing on gain-of-function that it's too dangerous since 2002. So I'm late in this debate, but these university professors have been saying to Dr. Fauci, and finally they convinced him to pause it in 2014, but then for some unknown reason, 
the Wuhan research sort of escaped scrutiny. And if you look at the email chain, the private email chain of Dr. Fauci on January 31st, you see alarm and you see urgency. He's sending emails at 2.30 in the morning because he's scared to death that the American public is going to discover that he was funding the lab and that they were doing dangerous research. And he's also scared to death that ultimately there'll be a link to the lab. And then in public, he says completely the opposite of what he's saying in private. In private, four scientists send him an email that night saying that the virus looks like it's been manipulated in a lab. Interestingly, these scientists a week later changed their opinion in public at the direction of Fauci, Dayzak, and others who were self-interested in this. But their first impression was that it looked like it had been manipulated in the lab. There are also others who are saying this. There are famous Nobel laureates saying this. Even the, the gentleman doing the research in North Carolina has now said that he does this gain-of-function research, but he's worried that it might have come from the lab. But Fauci's not being honest with people, and people are so beholden to him that I think they're they're afraid to speak out. Senator Paul Buck, again, I, I wanted to just get a, a, your opinion on a related topic. As somebody who's obviously following this very closely from the policy side, but also as a medical doctor yourself, I've had numerous infectious disease specialists that I know in my life tell me that immunity that you get naturally is as good or likely to be better than vaccinated immunity based on what we know of the the history of how this tends to play out in in other situations involving vaccination is there some evidence that we are not aware of or or is there some explanation for why there is just a a general disregarding of those who have acquired like you have i have clay have all had covid and have covid antibodies what what should we know about that, and why isn't that a part of the discussion? Every study so far on natural immunity to COVID-19 shows long-lasting uh, immunity. No study shows that you're losing your immunity or that it goes away. Every study shows that it does. And whether it's stronger than the vaccine or weaker depends on the disease. So measles, the red measles, if you get that, um, naturally, you have lifelong immunity. If you get the vaccine, you need a booster about every decade or two. So that's an example of natural infection being stronger than the vaccine, but they both work. So I'm not arguing against the vaccine. In other examples, they say like tetanus, the vaccine is actually better than the disease. You can get tetanus of the disease, and if you survive, apparently it doesn't give you enough immunity, uh, the same immunity that a vaccine does. So it varies. But the reason there, well, the fact that they are ignoring natural immunity has real consequences. So right now there are more people in India that want the vaccine than there is a supply of the vaccine. So the vaccine would go a lot farther if they ignored Dr. Fauci's bad advice and they gave the vaccine first to the elderly and first to those who haven't been infected. So it's really a waste of vaccine if you have people lining up and they say, oh, yeah, I got it three months ago, but I just want to be safe. And meanwhile, there's a 70-year-old guy that hasn't had COVID yet who's waiting behind the guy who already has had COVID. So it will save thousands of lives if you recognize natural immunity. The other reason to recognize it is if you recognize the 100 million Americans who have had this, plus 100 and some odd million that have been vaccinated, guess what? That's why you're at herd immunity and the numbers have gone down dramatically in our country. But if you don't count those who've got it naturally like myself and others, then you think, oh, we're woefully short, and this is what Dr. Fauci's saying, and it's not true, once again, not true, then he wants to force the vaccine on children. So children aren't at risk for COVID-19. The chance of death is one in a million, less than uh, being struck by lightning. But they're wanting to force this on newborns, five-year-olds. They're wanting to mandate it for school. 
but it's only because they're ignoring the science of natural immunity. This is fantastic. Uh, I really appreciate it, Senator Paul. So you would advise as a doctor that, and we've been talking about this, a lot of us have children, that it doesn't make sense for kids to get the vaccine. What about those of us who had natural immunity, like Buck and myself and you, who got COVID, still have COVID antibodies? Do you think it makes sense if we go out and get the vaccine? Should we? How would you advise people who know they've had COVID, know they have immunity uh, and antibodies right now? Does it make sense to also get the vaccine? The first thing is, in a free society, everybody makes up their own mind based on their doctor's advice and sometimes multiple doctor's advice, and there can be conflicts of opinion. I'll give you a general statement, but it could still be different based on your own medical history. In general, the vaccine is way safer than the disease if you're over 65. Without question, that's my advice. If you don't want to take it, that's your business, but that's just my advice if you want to take it. Over 65, I think the statistics are very good. If you're over 40 and overweight, I think you're at significant risk for this, too, and I would be below age 40, and when you get down into the 20s, I think that uh, the standard has to be very, very high, almost to perfection for the vaccine because the disease is so uh, extraordinarily um, non-lethal in the younger ages, particularly below age 25. Whether or not you take it or not, if it were my children and they were pushing me on it, I'd probably test them for antibodies first and see if they've had the disease. If my kids had had the disease, there's no way I would give them the vaccine. For people my age, I'm 58 and I've had it. At this point, I don't think there's any evidence that there are large numbers of people who have had it, getting it, and going to the hospital and dying. If I see a study next week that says, you know, 5% of the people who had it a year ago are now in the hospital and dying, I'll change my mind and I'll go get vaccinated. But given the evidence now and given that there are no studies showing large numbers of people in the hospital or dying that have previously had the disease, I've chosen not to get the vaccination. But, I, you know, members of my family, I have advised to, to get it that are over 65, overweight. Two of my brothers and sisters are physicians. They chose to get it because they see patients with COVID. So I'm not against the vaccine, but I am for freedom and letting each individual make their own decision. Senator Rand Paul, we really appreciate you joining us and sharing your expertise and perspective. Great to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Clint, let's come back and get into some of this. And I've also got some Afghanistan updates because we just had the Secretary of Defense talk. But you look like you, you're already... I, you. I just, I think he, like, those kind of segments... You can't hear him anywhere else, Buck. I mean, it's really amazing like to have Rand Paul sit with us for 15 minutes and just lay through all of those things. It is, I think, eminently important, and there are massive parts of our media, Buck, that wouldn't allow that conversation to be heard anywhere right now. In just that conversation, people, including myself, learned things. Yes. Data-based, reasonable, nuanced. This is not what happened. It's Rand Paul wants old people to die because of Republican and Trump. I mean, this They're is the stupidity. They're all stupid red stairs. Yeah. Like, this is the no, stupidity I mean, that is you the, hear. That from, is from more the, intelligent, I guarantee you, than any segment that will air on MSNBC anywhere today, probably this week, maybe this month. But we were just talking about health. There's nothing quite as important, as you all know, as a strong immune system. That's why over 20 years ago, naturopathic doctor Dennis Black of Texas Invented Texas Superfood. It's the original superfood. I've known Dr. Black for years, and I've been taking Texas Superfood, and I feel fantastic. It's got 55 vine-ripened fruits and vegetables, plus probiotic and digestive enzymes, so you can build your body's defense from the inside out. You know how your grandmother told you to eat your fruits and veggies, but with busy schedules and fast food, a lot of people don't? 
Well, guess what? If you can't, won't, or don't eat all your fruits and veggies every day, Texas Superfood was made for you. It's the safety net for the American diet. Start boosting your immune system for under $2 a day. Go to TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. That's TexasSuperfood.com slash buck or call 855-TEXAS-55. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I am Clay, and we just finished talking with Senator Rand Paul. And I have to tell you, conversations like the one we just had with Rand Paul is one of many reasons why I couldn't say no to this opportunity. And I know the same thing is true for you, Buck, because we've got the biggest radio show in the country. And there are a lot of you out there. I know how much noise there is. I know how difficult it can be to cut through the noise. I know how much you crave information that is nuanced that is intelligent that is detailed in nature and that's what we're trying to bring you not just the oh this is spectacular this is awful which is all too often what characterizes life in a social media dominated universe where everything is either the best or the worst you have to look at data and you have to reasonably analyze it and sometimes that can lead to different parts of analysis associated with that data in other words Everything isn't one size fits all. And I just thought, and we're going to play a couple of the cuts, I think, on Thursday and Friday from Rand Paul, because I think it's important for us to use our platform to help get information out there that can help many of you make decisions. But I don't see how anybody could hear that 15 minutes with Rand Paul and not say, man, this is a guy I want involved at the highest levels in American COVID policy. And yet it's become so political that many people out there on the left are trying to ridicule Rand Paul and his questionings of Dr. Fauci. It's like we're going through a mass allergy to nuance in the COVID discussion in this country. You have to be all one thing or all the other. You have to be all Fauciite or else you're a troglodyte who doesn't want people to get healthy, doesn't want people to be safe. I mean, this is the false binary that is really at the heart of Fauciism and has been all along. And with the Democrat-controlled media pushing this constantly, I mean, you just see, we had earlier in the show, Clay, we played Don Lemon saying, what is wrong? Look, Don Lemon is not is not a particularly smart guy, but he's got a platform at CNN. CNN is something people believe. He says, what's wrong with Rand Paul? He looks like an idiot. No fair-minded person could listen to the interview we just had with Senator-slash-medical-doctor Rand Paul of Kentucky and say he sounds like anything other than a person well acquainted with the facts, who understands there are complexities, who addresses the nuance, but they have to caricature it because here's what happens if people start to understand all the different layers of this. They look at the Fauciite declarations and say, is this really rooted in science? Is this really what we have to do, or is this what they tell us to do and also it goes to and i think a really intelligent way the fact that there should not be a one-size-fits-all policy for covid everybody's risk factors are different which is why you should talk to your doctor and analyze things from your own perspective in an intelligent way also thanks to Rand paul i hope you guys learned as much as buck and i did what have you got for us buck Trillions of dollars have been pumped into the economy. Even the Biden administration has to admit inflation is here already. It is real. That means your your dollars, the money in your bank account, is being eroded over time. You're not gaining, you are losing. What can you do to protect your savings and retirement right now in this inflationary environment? Do what I did. Buy real gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group. 
I'm not talking about gold and silver stocks or ETFs. I mean real gold and silver you can actually hold in your hands. I get my gold and silver from the Oxford Gold Group because I trust them. Call them right now at 833-404-GOLD. They'll answer all your questions and send you their free investment guide. That's 833-404-GOLD. Find out from Oxford Gold how you can have real gold and silver delivered to you at home or have it put in your IRA or 401k. 833-404-GOLD. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's Reality Podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. This is James Golden, host of the podcast series, Rush Limbaugh, the man behind the Golden EIB microphone. The next episode in our series is out. Make sure to listen wherever you get your podcast. We're sharing so many behind-the-scenes stories, remembering the man we love. My Pillow and Tunnel to Towers Foundation are both sponsors. Thanks for being with us here on the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show. I'm Buck and Pelosi playing hardball. She has rejected two 
one six committee because they want to make it seem like nine eleven committee. So now we're going to be seeing the date used everywhere. It's all about the optics, friends. The insurrection. Pelosi is has rejected uh, two GOP members, including Jim Jordan, who will have with us. Congressman Jordan will be joining us on the show Friday to talk about this. Because this is going to be one of these things where we all know what the left is doing. We all understand what the game is here to divert attention away from doddering Biden and the failures that Joe Biden has had so far. The stalled agenda, the just completely reckless border policy and the attempt to shoehorn stuff into a budget bill. That has nothing to do with the budget, like the five million person amnesty. Yeah, that's making its way through right now. No, they'd rather talk about the insurrection that included leaders who were taking selfies and wearing furry hats, walking around with a spear. Uh, that's what they want. And they've got them in solitary confinement, as you know, some of these so-called insurrection leaders. But we'll have Jim break down the one uh, six committee picks, as they're being called. And how he was blocked from it by Nancy Pelosi. And the GOP is saying this is unprecedented because Pelosi is playing hardball. And just, you know, Clay, I, I, we've got updates on Afghanistan that we've got to get to because the def, uh, defense secretary, Lloyd Austin, who I remember briefing him in Iraq. Not Isn't it crazy when you see things like this happen in your life? You, I remember sitting in a briefing with that guy in, in Baghdad. And, you know, he was a general at the time. Obviously, he was an important figure in the military. Now he's the Secretary of Defense. I feel like we're all getting older. You know, things are happening. Do you like think that. he remembers you at all? Absolutely not. No, <laughs> no chance. Un, unbearded buck with like a baseball hat on and a polo shirt. No, I don't think he remembers who I was. But I did. I did brief him back in the day. Um, but Clay, just on on Pelosi, you got to say this. There are some things I admire about Democrats when it comes to tactics. And ruthlessness, unity and ruthlessness are the things that really come to mind. Pelosi, she's almost 80 years old. She has no principles. She doesn't give a you know what. And she will throw an elbow at the GOP no matter what she said yesterday and no matter what she will say tomorrow. It doesn't matter to her. Yeah, and you would like to think that the media would do a better job of pointing out blatant hypocrisies. But it's really to the point where the news cycle moves so quickly that the Democrats have realized, and I think Trump realized this too, you win 24 hours at a time, and nobody very often says, well, wait a minute, 72 hours ago you said this, and certainly not 72 years ago, almost in the case of Joe Biden, when you go back and look at how long his history is. There's so much noise, people get lost in the noise, and so you can get away with almost anything if you stay disciplined and you try to create a narrative which is false, that the country was under siege, that this was an insurrection, but they are sticking to their dogma. And as a result, a lot of the media just laps it up. Russia collusion, which I know we, we could do a whole show on this right now, an entire fabrication, false yes. top to bottom, lied, cheated, did everything they had to do, colluded in the media with the FBI and the intel. Think about how now they did that for four years with with the January 6th commission. Something did happen. There was a riot. So now, oh, my gosh, it's going to be it's going to be the same playbook. But this time around, it's not all smoke and mirrors. It's just wild exaggeration. But I, I will. Jim Jordan, as we've been saying, is going to join us to talk about what's really going on there, even though he's right now blocked from the commission, which is perfect, of course, because they know Jim's a fighter, man. It's something you learned. You know, Jim was a wrestler. 
Don't mess with anybody with cauliflower ears, man. You never want a piece of that. It's <laughs> he true. is an awesome dude. So I got to know him. You know, he had me up to testify on one of his subcommittees about big tech. And uh, I've had him on back in the day when I was doing my sports show several different times. Massive sports fan. And so uh, but he's just a genuinely really good dude. He's not pretending to be anything other than what he is. And he is a attack dog and he's fearless. And a lot of people, especially in the social media age, Buck, you know this, they tiptoe up to what they believe. They don't tell you the truth. And what I appreciate about uh, Jim Jordan is there's no, like, nobody finishes a conversation with him. They're like, I don't really know where that guy stands. Uh, to me, he is, uh, he is really fantastic at what he does. So I'm looking forward to talking to him tomorrow. Uh, and by the way, I always want to just reinforce if you missed our conversation with Rand Paul, if you missed our conversation with Ted Cruz, make sure that you go and download and subscribe to the podcast so that you can hear some of these interviews for yourself because bits and pieces of them may percolate out. But I always encourage, I know this makes a big deal to you too, Buck. One of the luxuries we have in radio is we have the ability to actually talk in nuance. We can talk in paragraphs instead of sentences. And I sometimes hate when the context of a conversation is lost. So, do yourself a favor. Go listen to these full conversations. Subscribe to the podcast. You know, we're going to get to Afghanistan and that update in a second. I, I Something else, Clay, that I have been meaning to throw in the mix, and we discussed right before the show, this BuzzFeed story, because we're talking about the January 6th insurrection, yes. and there was this incident of the the alleged kidnapping plot against Governor Gretchen Whitmer of, of uh, Michigan, who is among, completely separate from this plot, one of the most extreme lockdown governors and Imbeciles. i've been deeply critical of her uh, all along here she's the one who has a pillow of fauci that she sets up so when she does her msnbc hits you see her but this is this is something we may dive into some more in this piece and i have to credit uh, there is occasional journal journalism that happens at places <laughs> like the new york times buzzfeed it, it is not all cat blog it is there uh, there are people who do actual reporting sometimes there but this is fascinating because we heard all about this and there was a huge media frenzy around this Trump supporter right wing plot to kidnap and perhaps even horrifically, you know, do harm to Governor Whitmer of Michigan. And now a lot of it has fallen apart. First of all, one of the main FBI agents involved in it has been arrested for uh, felony domestic abuse. So that that's not a thing that is not going to come up in a court of law now when they're bringing this prosecution because they'll just attack the credibility of some of these agents. But beyond that, this is from the BuzzFeed piece. The government has documented at least 12 confidential informants who assisted in this investigation. The trove of evidence they helped gather provides an unprecedented view, laying out in stunning detail the ways that anti-government groups uh, network with each other. But an examination of the case by BuzzFeed reveals some of those informants acting under the direction of the FBI, played a far larger role than had been previously uh, reported, working in secret. They did much more than just passively observe and report on actions of suspects. They had a hand in nearly every aspect of the alleged plot, starting with inception. Clay, entrapment is a very hard case to make and win. It's often the last-ditch effort that a defense attorney has. When you have 12 informants, I mean, how many people were involved in the plot, by the way? You have 12 informants involved from inception? Starts to, starts to not pass the smell test for some folks. Uh, my criminal law professor used to say, 
what can we get them with? We got nothing. We'll get them with conspiracy. Uh, and, and, you know, it's kind of a funny way to explain what exactly sometimes a conspiracy charge, a conspiracy to commit a crime was, as opposed to a tangible act to be undertaken, which then can make it an attempt for those of you out there who are curious about a little bit of criminal law background. But yes, to me, entrapment, as you said, Buck, is always a very difficult case to make in terms of a defense. But it's starting to look like many of these cases, and and candidly, this is me speaking as a defense attorney, in the same way that some of these jihadist cases were brought to bear, where there were all these different informants potentially trying to encourage people to commit crimes that they otherwise would have had no interest in committing or ability to commit, uh, it's sounding like that might be the case with this Michigan case. And I always try to think about this from a legal perspective and apply the same standards at, at, no matter what the charges are. And this is, uh, it's looking like, based on the way this was covered, it is wildly exaggerated in terms of how legitimate this plot to kidnap her and 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 do uh, harm to her truly was. I worked on some counterterrorism cases at the Intel Division, Intelligence Division of the NYPD, involving confidential informants, involving undercovers as well, undercover officers, and there always is this concern with, you know, you can't be calling somebody 10 times a night like, hey, can I bring you the guns for the thing that I told you <laughs> yeah, we right. should do? Hey, can I, I bought us explosives. Come with me. Just give me a ride to the place. Like there are limits that you have to be aware of. And as look, BuzzFeed's examining this. It, it's looking like, and of course, why? I mean, the FBI, people have a lot of mistrust of the FBI right now. This was viewed as a precursor to January 6th by the left, this Whitmer plot. They're, they're tied together in this piece. So, Clay, we got we got to spend some more time diving into I, this I love one that idea. later in the week. And I want to talk to Jim Jordan again. We're giving Jim Jordan a lot of plugs today. I uh, hope his constituents are appreciative. But, you know, not long ago, Clay, we met Mike Lindell, and he's hooked us both up with incredible MyPillow products. I mean, I've got the Giza Dream Sheets. You've got the pillows. I've got the pillows. The my towels are amazing. And by the way, Mike is changing the game right now with his six piece towel set. This set is made with USA cotton. It's extremely absorbent, really is so plush when you touch it. And it provides that soft feel you look for in a towel. The set comes with two bath, two hand towels and two washcloths, typically retailing for one hundred ninety nine dollars. But Clay, where does it retail now? Yeah, it's an incredible offer right now, Buck. Thirty nine ninety nine. Instead, if you use the promo code Clay and Buck, remember all my pillow products, 60 day money back guarantee. All you have to do is go to mypillow.com, click on the radio listener specials. We have this throughout our house, beds, sheets, towels, shoes, even all my pillow products. You can get this insanely low price of $39.99 on the towel set. You'll also get deep, dis- dis- deep discounts on all my pillow products as well. Enter the promo code Clay and Buck or call 800-792-3269 for these great radio specials. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. I am Clay Travis. By the way, Buck, about to hop on a flight to L.A. I will be in Mask Central on Thursday and Friday live doing the show. Should be an experiment. Um, and, Buck, we're going to talk some more tomorrow. By the way, before we get to what we're going to talk about tomorrow, download the podcast. Trust me on listening to the Rand Paul interview if you missed it at the start of the third hour. Just trust me, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton. And we're going to talk more on this tomorrow, Buck. 
But Afghanistan, roughly 95% of our troops are out. You were there. What is your read on what's going on on the ground and how soon might it be the case that it's like we were never there at all? I was in Afghanistan 10 years ago, and it's like the nightmare that we all expected then is unfolding now in terms of the Taliban. Now, by the way, I, I don't change my position on this based on the administration. I was for Trump's drawdown in Afghanistan. I remain for Biden's drawdown. But that also means we have to be very clear, uh, clear headed about what's going on right now and how rapidly this is deteriorating. Here's what I'm telling from people that are watching this very closely on the ground and and have, you know, deep knowledge of what the Taliban is up to specifically, Clay, and, and leveraging some of my government contacts and people I know who have been working this issue for, in some cases now, 20 years right um the taliban has decided that instead of what had been the expectation which was in the pashtun heartlands of the south and east of afghanistan and and the taliban is a pashtun tribal uh, organization they're going after what they feel would be the northern alliance part two or the areas of the country with greater stability more pro-U.S. presence. So they're going after the harder-to-get areas already, knowing in their minds that they'll be able to consolidate what they already have in the Pashtun heartland in the south and east of the country, places like Kandahar, places like uh, uh, Jalalabad and uh, uh, Nangar province. So these are these are um, things that are happening that were not expected uh, by those who were preparing for this. And it does look also, Clay, like the Taliban is executing on a, on a war plan here that they had they clearly had a lot of time to think about and has caught people in the Afghan security apparatus, you know, the Afghan national government side off guard. And it's looking really bad. And we're going to talk about this some tomorrow. But for people out there who might say, ah, I'm not really concerned about what happens in Afghanistan, the fear would be, Buck that we're going to return to a pre-9-11 Afghanistan where uh, terrorists are going to have free reign to potentially be able to use that area as plotting ground as they did with the 9-11 attacks and that we're going to be leaving ourselves open to the same kind of issues that led to 9-11. We're hoping that that thinking reflects the vision of the world with al-Qaeda 20 years ago and won't be what it is now where you have al-Qaeda elements or Islamic State elements, very similar but different organizations, different organizational structure in Yemen, uh, operating in in, uh, concert with Boko Haram in northern Nigeria, with al-Shabaab in Somalia, these different offshoots of what are effectively global jihadist franchises. We've been existing with them or, you know, we've been in a world where they exist for many years now. So even if you have extremism with the Taliban on the rise and in control in Afghanistan, we may think of this now, Clay, as a manageable problem, is the idea we'll send some airstrikes or some special operations support, perhaps, to an embattled Afghan government. But we're looking, I think, I mean, I think this is heading to a place where we're going to end up telling the Afghan, uh, telling the Taliban if you make us come back, if you make us regret leaving in a way that people in America are mobilized the way we were after 
they will never have seen anything like what the U.S. response is at that point. I, I think that's a conversation that is effectively going to happen, although I don't know if the Biden administration is willing to have that conversation. And also whether the Taliban is going to be afraid of any sort of American issues because basically their plan for a long time has been we're here for generations. Eventually, the Americans are going to leave just like the Russians did. Yeah, the one thing that we know historically uh, militants in Afghanistan have been really good at is waiting out great powers who have come through and tried to seize control. I mean, that is effectively the history of Afghanistan, as we've talked about, not just stretching back to the Soviet Mujahideen era, but also two major British invasions uh, toward the end of the 19th century, going back into invasions by Alexander the Great and, and other conquerors. So we will spend some more time on Afghanistan tomorrow when we get to it. Also on the January 6th commission, I know we got Jim Jordan Clay on Friday But this is going to become, I believe, in the election year, the Democrats are going to be saying you can't vote for them because of the insurrection. This is going to be central the way Russia collusion was. No doubt. And again, I'm going to keep beating the drum. Rand Paul, fantastic discussion. Go download the podcast. Make sure you've got it. Buck, you can't find it anywhere else. Everybody should subscribe to the Clay and Buck podcast for sure. Also go to clayandbuck.com, our website with Post stories, updates. I'll be posting an editorial on BuckSexton.com later tonight about January 6th. So check out BuckSexton.com. Clay and Buck are excited to be back with you tomorrow. You're listening to Clay Travis and Buck Sexton on the EIB Network. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.